Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Right now I'm trying to understand what's going on in the world of politics. And for that, we turn to Tom Bevin. He's the co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, based right here in Chicago. Tom, how are you this afternoon? I'm well, Anne. How are you? I'm good. You know, I just uh, I, I, I saw your your post, and I want to ask you about it because this seems significant. I'm not sure I totally understand it. Senator Joe Manchin has been on the fence with the major infrastructure bills and has been a key vote. Democrats have been trying to convince. He, he posted first, by all accounts, the threat posed by record inflation to the American people is not transitory and is instead getting worse. We got that report today. It's up 6.2%. From the grocery store to the gas pump, Americans know the inflation tax is real and D.C. can no longer ignore the economic pain Americans are feeling every day. Now, you wrote... Translation, BBB is DOA. What did you mean by that, Tom? (laughs) I'm like, what? Well, BBB stands for Build Back Better, which is the second piece of Biden's, uh, you know, spending that's working its way through Congress. The the BIF, the BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework, is the one that just passed the House. It was $1.2 trillion, which Biden is going to sign and and promote. He's out promoting it today in Baltimore, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. But the second piece of it, which is the Build Back Better, which started at $3.5 trillion and has been whittled down to somewhere in the neighborhood right now, we're talking about $1.75 trillion. Um, you know, the progressives' plan was to link those two bills so they had to get passed together or nothing would get passed. That obviously failed. They've been delinked. And Manchin is the one who, who had come out before and said that he was very uncomfortable with the amount of spending that was going on, that nobody's talking about the national debt, um, that, that it's irresponsible for uh, folks to be, you know, politicians in Washington to be spending all this money. And he said, you know, he's not even sure that, that some of this stuff is necessary given, um, you know, where the economy is and where inflation is. And so this statement today, to me, you know, my initial sort of read, reading in between the lines is that, is that Joe Manchin is not uh, going to be on board for for the Build Back Better. And, of course, given where, again, Republicans helped pass the bipartisan infrastructure in both the Senate and the House, Mm -hmm. um, Democrats will not get a single Republican vote in either chamber for this second piece of spending legislation. So it's all in the Democrats. And, again, they've got a, what, you know, Half half a dozen seat majority in the House. They can't lose uh, more than a handful of votes. And in the Senate, they have no votes. They need everybody, including Joe Manchin. Doesn't look like he's there. Yeah, you know, the president was trying to make the case today that this will actually help the economy. I don't know if you saw, you probably did. You follow everything at Real Clear Politics. The president's post earlier today, jobs are up, wages are up, home values are up, personal debt is down, and unemployment is down. We have more work to do, but there is no question that the economy continues to recover and is in much better shape today than it was a year ago. Um, I just I feel like there might be a disconnect between that sort of outlook and the reality of what people are looking at when you go to the grocery store, you go, you know, get gas and that kind of thing. It's no surprise. Yes. Yeah. No, look, I mean, this is where the administration has to be careful that they're that they're not seen as being completely out of touch, because on the same day that Biden tweets that. uh, Right. We have news that inflation is at a 30 year high, six over six percent in October. And we're talking about, you know, gas is up almost 60% from where it was a year ago. 
um, you know, everything from bacon to used cars. I mean, you name the list, go down the list. There's not uh, almost a single thing that's less expensive today than it was a year ago um, because of inflation. And so, you know, while Biden wants to, obviously, you know, the administration likes to take the numbers and, and spin them to the best of their ability. And that's fine. The problem is, you know, wages are up, but inflation's up more. So people actually, even though they, they might be feeling, uh, you know, they may have gotten a pay raise, that pay raise is completely eaten up by inflation. So for the administration to tout the one without even acknowledging the other is where you get that disconnect. I mean, according, you know, in Biden's worldview, uh, you, you know, everything looks rosy and great. Um, but for, for most Americans, when they sit down, uh, at the kitchen table and go through their bills and find out how much more they're spending on gas and food and the like, uh, doesn't seem like it's, it's the same rosy scenario. And I think that's one of the reasons, uh, that they paid at the ballot box in, uh, you know, just a, a week ago or so, uh, in New Jersey and Virginia and other places around the country. You know, it's one of those things when you get the economic report, and I think normal people are like, oh, really? I, I kind of knew that already. Inflation soared 6.2%. Maybe we didn't know the number. But fuel prices are up 12.3%. Energy prices overall rose 5%. Used cars up 25%. Food prices up 5 Furniture up 12%. These are the kinds of things, and then they just break it down. Even a filet mignon or, you know, they say a, a T-bone steak is double what it was last year. Or, you know, that kind of thing. They break it down to real terms to say, you know, we already know know this because we're going to the grocery store we're going shopping for fuel and other things and we we see and feel the prices and and it's certainly i think it's certainly something people are really feeling now um which is what i mean when you say you get this inflation report and you, you kind of already knew it you know yeah and the problem is is that is the administration doesn't really have a plan to address it i mean it's they're they're not um you know you talk take for example uh, the price of gas, which is in some places approaching $5 a gallon. Okay. Um, you know, the administration is getting asked every day, what are you doing? What, what can you do? Can you tap the strategic petroleum reserve? What can you do? And the administration's response is, uh, well, we're monitoring things. We're monitoring things very closely. I mean, Biden even said in this town hall last month that, well, you know, it's up to the Saudis to decide. We've asked them to pump more oil, but they've said no. I, that is not going to fly with the American people, this idea that, that we are now somehow beholden to the Saudis to, to help us out of our economic crisis. And if they don't help us, there's, there's nothing we can do. So I think the administration has to really get a handle on and get back in touch with, A, the concerns of the American people. And they have to do it in a way where, you know, they recognize what – and just not paying lip service necessarily. And sometimes they're not even doing that, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but – coming up with concrete plans showing how they're going to get us out of this mess. Because right now, um, there's just not a whole lot of there there in terms of, of policy prescriptions. Um, and the American people can kind of see that when they, when they hear the president and, and his officials talk. Yeah, and the whole idea is that it's transitory when the supply chain gets going. This is what the hope has been, that things will return to normal and we'll see the prices come down. We're still waiting, and we have to be, I don't, there's one school of thought that says that's all going to happen, Tom. Well, and I mean, not only have they said, well, inflation is going to be transitory and we're finding out that's not true. They've also said, uh, you know, that they, that if we pass both of these, you know, massive spending packages, that that's going to mitigate inflation over the long term. Right. It's going and, and they point to this. Well, we've got 19 Nobel laureates who've, who've said such, you know, signed a letter. And it's just like 
that doesn't even really pass the smell test with the American people. I mean, the idea that more spending is going to somehow tamp down inflation, that's, that goes against everything that I think most people uh, who have an ounce of common sense uh, you know, recognize. So the administration has to get a handle on this. And, and again, right now, they're not there. And, and if they don't get a handle on it, um, they're going to pay very dearly at the ballot box next November and lose their majorities in the House and the Senate. You've seen so many Democratic strategists take to the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. They're, they're, they're on real clear politics, and you're picking them up, too. I've been reading them there, uh, where they're saying we, we are sounding the alarm because these kitchen table issues. The Republicans are talking about it. The Democrats are not. They're, they're, they're choosing not to speak to that as much, and that is causing them to lose as we approach look and strategize for the midterms that that could be a problem. Why, isn't it just as easy for Democrats to do this as Republicans? That's my question for you, Tom. Easy for them to do what? To address those kinds of kitchen table issues that they seem to be ignoring, that all the strategists seem to be saying, go ahead and pay attention to this because people care about it. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? Because, I mean, look, there are plenty of dynamics that are in play. They're working against Democrats. Number one, when people, you know, they're in charge of all the levers of government, right? They've got the House, the Senate, and the White House. And so, to the extent people are seeing problems, whether it's supply chain issues, labor shortages, inflation, whatever, there's an easy answer in terms of who's to blame because they're the ones in charge, right? So they can talk as much as they want uh, about, you know, these issues, but to the extent that they're not manifesting in real life, um, you know, voters are still going to hold them to account. Mm-hmm. I think the other problem is, is the Democrats are so focused on identity politics that they really have, and they're fighting some of these, these culture war battles um, that have really turned off uh, working-class voters. And, and again, working-class voters of, of all stripes. I mean, Hispanic voters in particular, but even African-Americans and others um, you know, around the country who are concerned primarily with economic issues uh, aren't interested in, in you know, fighting these sort of identity battles about critical race theory and, you know, all of these other things that Democrats seem to be obsessed with. Um, so I think unless they stop doing that, and this is sort of the James Carville, what he said, you know, they've got to go to woke detox. And you saw what happened when he said that. I mean, AOC turned around and derided that and said, you know, that's just old people talking and that's a derogatory term. And, and you know, it's it's we, we need to stay focused on these social justice issues. Um, so they're going to have to work that out within the Democratic Party. Some of the, some of the loudest voices and the ones with the biggest megaphones um, are not interested in giving up on social justice. They, they think that's a, a critical piece of, of their agenda. And, and so to the extent that that remains true, I think Democrats are, are vulnerable to, to not winning back and not reconnecting with these voters. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens is the plan for the midterm elections is people got to get on the same page in order to win. Both parties do. Uh, what would you say, Tom, about the, the second bill you mentioned, the better the Build Back Better bill, the chances of that passing? Where are we with that before I let you go? Well, you know, some Democrats I talk to think it's still going to happen. Um, they're a little less sanguine about it now than they were before. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. Cause again, the margins now are razor thin and to the extent it'll be whatever mansion and cinema want it to be. Right. And, and that's what it's going to come down to because without them, there is no, 
there is no majority in the Senate to get anything passed. Because, again, as I said, they will not get a single Republican vote in the House or the Senate. And so for that reason, unless they get what they want, um, then it's not going to pass. And I mean, so I think the odds are, are you know, maybe 50-50. I'm, I'm more of a cynic about this stuff than most people. Uh, some people might put it a little bit higher than that, but it's certainly not an 80 or 90 percent lock like, uh, like a lot of folks thought it was going to be just a few weeks ago. We'll see what happens, Tom. Thanks for the thoughts today. Thank you for calling in Absolutely. here. Absolutely. WGN. Got it. Tom Bevan is the co-founder, president of Real Clear Politics.